Welcome to the Hospital Finance Podcast, your go-to source for information and insights that can help you stay ahead of the challenges impacting healthcare finance. And now, the host of the Hospital Finance Podcast, Michael Passanate. Hi, this is Mike Passanate, and welcome back to the Hospital Finance Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Mary Devine, who is the director of our Revenue Cycle Services line here at Bessler. Mary, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. And Mary is here to talk with us today about an update to the Medicare Beneficiary Identifier Initiative, which is something that's going to be affecting all hospitals in the coming months. For those in our audience who are not familiar with the MBI Initiative, can you briefly explain what's happening? Sure. So let's just start with what MBI stands for. So um, that stands for Medicare Beneficiary Identifier. And really, this push came about a while back. And it was from different avenues from it was Congress, the General Accountability Office, and people with Medicare. They really wanted to see CMS and Medicare move away from the HIC number, which is the Social Security-based Medicare identifier. And they were really concerned about the identity theft with Medicare recipients because their current um, HIC number is, 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 is exactly tied to the Social Security number in many instances. So what they're doing now is they are rolling out numbers, again, the MBI, that is completely unassociated with their Social Security number so that they can help curtail the identity theft for the Medicare population. The one thing that goes along with that, they're doing some real um, education as it relates to the Social Security number with the Medicare recipients, and it's a twofold thing. First off, they're telling them that even though the MBI is not tied to your Social Security number, it is still confidential and you should protect it. And, and additionally, Medicare is doing no providers any favors by doing some education on the Social Security number and educating uh, Medicare recipients that they should never share their uh, Social Security number and that Medicare would never ask for it. Unfortunately, that makes it a little difficult for providers to do their thing. So that is what the MBI card is and and why they're changing it from the uh, Social Security number base to the uh, MBI. So we're already in the throes of this. What, when did that transition begin, and, and where are we at with things right now? Well, to be honest with you, they've been talking about it for a while now, but the actual transition started in April of 2018. And what happened at that point, starting April 1, any new Medicare recipients, they became effective on Medicare April 1st, they will only receive the MBI. So they're going to get mailed the MBI card. So as new recipients come on, starting April 1, they will never receive that HIC number. It's only going to be the MBI. In addition to that, it's a state-by-state rollout, and they expect the rollout to be complete in December of 19. You've already got hospitals that have Medicare and Medicare Advantage patients visiting them. They've got their MBI card in hand. Um, If they're trying to confirm coverage via a MAC portal, what can a provider expect? Well, you know, and that is a good point, because keep in mind, even if your state wasn't one of the first rollouts of the state or isn't there yet, you still have new recipients in your state that could sh- that could have been showing up in your hospital since April of 2018. So the number one thing um, that I want to talk about the portal is if you don't have access to your MAX portal, and all of them have one, 
Um, you should absolutely be requesting um, access to that. Many providers to this day just rely on the common working file. And that's going to be a little difficult moving forward without the actual knowing the MBI. If you have the MBI, that works, but you really want to make sure that you are getting access to your Max provider portal. And for example, I'll use MyCGS. So MyCGS, if you were to um, utilize the patient's social security number and their birth date and their name, and they have an MBI, it would come back and give you the MBI as well as the HIC number. Although I would highly recommend you, if they have an MBI, you should absolutely use it. If you are using the portal to confirm a HIC number because the patient doesn't have the MBI and you put in the social security number, the patient's name, and the date of birth, it will return the HIC number and tell you that the MBI is not valid yet. And you hear the common theme is the social security number. So all these portals are requiring you to have the social security number. So again, two things. You want to make sure that you are asking for the MBI card if they have it, and then you can reconfirm it via um, the portal. You're going to be asking for the social security number if they present without cards, and that population quite often does present without any type of card. And if the patient can't give you the social security number, it makes it very difficult for you to confirm the patient's coverage. Uh, and, and just a second ago, you mentioned confirming coverage via the common working file. So if that's the way that you're going to do it at your hospital, what should they be aware of? The common working file is dependent on having the MBI or the HIC number. And so if a patient presents and they do not have any card with them and you utilize the information in your system and you have their HIC number, if you enter their HIC number and they have received the MBI card, then the common working file will give you both. It will give you the HIC number and the MBI. Starting in January of 2020, if you enter in a HIC number, it will tell you that it is invalid. And there's no way to confirm via the common working file their benefits without having a valid HIC number today or starting in January of 2020 having a valid MBI. Got it. And of course, all of this comes back down to being properly reimbursed, right? So we want to make sure that uh, hospitals everywhere continue to get the proper level of reimbursement. In that vein, what should hospitals be doing now to prepare for this transition? So the first and foremost, I mean, if you're seeing the MBI, you know, you've probably done all the work that you need to, to confirm that your system can handle the MBI. Potentially, you may have a system or a billing platform that is used to expecting the nine digits and a letter um, or some format of that. So you want to make sure that your billing platforms and your um, registration systems have the ability to accept the new MBI number. And if you utilize, if you're a physician practice and you're utilizing a uh, vendor, you want to check with your vendor to make sure that their billing platform is accepting the MBI and not shooting out errors because the number is not in proper format. In addition to that, after you know your system's capable and you've done the testing, you want to make sure that you, you're performing audits both on your um, straight Medicare and your Medicare Advantage because, again, you don't want to be putting in improper numbers and missing opportunities to get paid by Medicare. So you'd want to make sure that 
patients aren't presenting without their MBI and you don't have their social security. So you're moving these patients all into self-pay and creating a follow-up nightmare for yourself. Um, So I would perform audits to make sure that your Medicare patients are being registered appropriately. The other thing that you'd want to do, especially on the Medicare Advantage patients, is you want to make sure that you are capturing the MBI number at time of registration so that you can submit your shadow claim or um, your no-pay shadow claim for your Medicare population. And right now, you know, you can still utilize the HIC number and and a form of the Social Security number to identify that patient. Moving forward, once they completely transition to the MBI, that ability of kind of guessing what their number is and utilizing the common working file to figure out what their ID is to get that Medicare shadow claim if they don't present with the the card, that's going to go away. So... If you don't have anything in process, I might highly suggest reaching out to some vendor that's capable of performing a shadow bill audit and making sure you're getting all the money that you can from the shadow claims. Thank you, Mary. And what is the timeline going forward uh, for the rest of this transition? As I mentioned, the actual transition began in April of 2018 for the new recipients and a slow transition state by state of mailing out the cards. Um, and this is supposed to be wrapped up by December of 2019. Anybody who is a current Medicare recipient should have received their card in the mail. And the common working file at this point through the transition is providing you with both the HIC number and the MBI. So if you enter in a HIC number, it will give you the MBI if it is active. And the portal will do the same if you enter in a Social Security number with the um correct demographics, it will give you a HIC number and an MBI if the MBI was already mailed. If not, it says it's not active. Starting in January of 2020, the transition is over. And if you uh, use your common working file, you will need a uh, the MBI number in order to verify benefits. And with the portal, you will need the proper social security number and the benefits in order to get the MBI back. And as part of that transition, as you bill to Medicare and you get your remittance back, the remittance will also have a transition period. So if you submit a claim with a patient using a HIC number and the patient does have an active MBI, they will put that on the remittance advice. And you should um, make sure that you are noting that in your system and updating your um, registration admission information so that you have that um, number moving forward should the patient present another time and you don't have the card available. Mary's team are experts at conducting shadow bill audits. So if you'd like to have her take a look at your processes and make sure that everything is operating correctly uh, now and going into the future, feel free to email us at update at Bessler.com and we'll put you in touch with Mary and her team. Mary, thanks for stopping back and visiting us today on the Hospital Finance Podcast. Thank you for having me. If you enjoy the Hospital Finance Podcast, please head up to iTunes to subscribe and leave us a positive review. This concludes today's episode of the Hospital Finance Podcast. For show notes and additional resources to help you protect and enhance revenue at your hospital, visit Bessler.com forward slash podcasts. The Hospital Finance Podcast is a production of Bessler. Smart about revenue, tenacious about results.